0: Welcome to Have You Seen Me, a podcast that intertwines all original stories with the real-world history that inspired them. I will act as your guide as we wade through both fact and fiction. Tonight's tale features a monster of unknown origin that plagues a man's mind with the premonition of disaster. The sparkling stars of the night sky streaked across the dark horizon. On one of the many open fields of Point Pleasant, West Virginia, a second date between two college students was nearing its end. It's getting kind of chilly. You ready to go home?
1: Yeah, sure.
0: The two packed through things and headed for their car. Brian and Nancy had been going out for just a few weeks now. They both attended the same college. Brian, pursuing a degree in psychology, and Nancy a degree in marketing.
1: You know, I had a really nice time with you tonight, Brian.
2: Yeah? I guess that astronomy book came in handy after all.
1: Hey, next weekend, let's go to that pottery shop. I'll teach you how to make your very own mug.
2: All right, that sounds like a date.
0: Brian unlocked his car and opened the trunk to put his telescope away. As Nancy got in, Brian heard a strange sound. It was a faint, buzzing noise ecstatic. He closed the trunk and glanced around. All he could hear was the ambience of the night. Swaying trees, chirping crickets, and the occasional hoo of an owl. Brian shrugged and got in the driver's seat of the car.
1: Everything alright?
0: Huh? Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm good. Ryan turned the ignition and the car sparked to life. As he put it in gear, he heard the noise again. He scratched his ear and realized the sound wasn't from outside, it was in his head. He winched a little as the buzzing fluctuated.
1: Um, Brian?
0: Uh, Hold on, (sighs) something's bothering my ear. He continued to fidget
2: with his ear and the sound eventually faded. Whew, I think I might be coming down with some tinnitus.
1: (laughs) Well I hope not, I think you're a little young for hearing loss.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Pretty soon I'll be walking with a cane.
1: All right, Grandpa, I'm ready when you are.
2: Brian let off the brake and started towards home.
0: The road back was seldom used and quite windy. The starry sky was now obscured by tall, looming trees. The car's headlights were the only source of light in the dark forest.
1: So, um, do you think you'll finish your thesis on time?
2: I... I haven't started it yet.
1: (gasps) No, Brian! The semester's almost over.
2: I know. I know. I've I've just been busy with As he took the next curve, the road
0: straightened out and became very long. Brian saw two bright taillights in the distance. They were so vivid, so red. Brian couldn't finish his sentence. Busy. I've been uh uh Brian's foot slowly pushed down the gas pedal. The car began accelerating down the road, but the lights ahead seemed to stay in place. Brian's eyes were locked on their intense red glow. His gaze was beginning to become painful. But
1: Brian, slow down! B- Brian! Brian!
0: Brian's mind was going blank. The buzzing returned. Only now he could hear a fell voice. The lights intensified, then disappeared. Suddenly, Brian came to and slammed on the brakes. He let go of the wheel and covered his face with his hands. He took several deep breaths as he attempted to regain his composure. After a moment, he leaned up and let out a deep sigh. He turned towards Nancy.
2: Nance, I am so sorry.
0: Brian's eyes widened with panic. As the two red lights were now shining through the passenger side window, he felt his body go stiff and his vision blurred and distorted. He could barely see Nancy, but it looked like she was screaming in terror. The red lights honed in and pierced Brian. They were eyes, and they were locked in on Brian. Whatever it was standing outside the vehicle, it was massive, with the body so black it seemed to meld into the very shadow of the woods. Every sense Brian had went numb, and he could only see and hear the creature. Through the deafening buzzing, Brian discerned a voice August 5th, 49. Death. the creature disappeared into the sky so fast the car rocked from the force Brian snapped awake he held his head in his hands and gasped for air he was immediately nauseous and his head was splitting Nancy grabbed his shoulders.
1: Brian, Brian, what's happening? Brian, please!
0: Brian lurched upright and blankly stared ahead. The road that seemed so long before was now very short. Brian slowly turned towards Nancy. He could see the town hall, the explosion so clearly in his head.
2: August 5th. Nancy, there's... Oh no...
0: What did Brian see on that fateful night? It's time we look at the terror of Point Pleasant, the Mothman. During World War II, an area near Point Pleasant, West Virginia, housed several munition bunkers throughout its forests. After the war, the buildings were abandoned and scarcely visited. Until one day in November 1966, when two couples who were driving by the area witnessed something. Bizarre. They saw a dark, imposing figure staggering towards one of the bunkers. It had large wings and no head, most notably with a stark red eyes. The creature had a hypnotic effect upon looking at it, but when the couple snapped out of it, they sped away, but were followed. They reported the creature easily chased the car at speeds around a hundred miles an hour. It was said the creature made a squeaking or chirping noise and stopped following them once they got into the city limits. This marked the first sighting of Mothman and made the headlines the next day, reading Couples see man sized bird, creature, something. Like any good cryptid story, this initial sighting sparked dozens of reports flooding into the sheriff's department. Reports varied from Mothman interfering with electronics. To stealing dogs out of backyards. A bizarre aspect of Mothman sightings are the reported psychological effects. These include intense nightmares, bouts of deja vu, and visions of the future. A point we'll touch on a little later. And as a quick bonus fact, the name Mothman stems from the creature's similar silhouette to Batman, who had a popular television series at the time. So what is the Mothman? Descriptions of the Mothman are fairly consistent. The creature stands from 6 to 7 feet tall with a dark furry body. It has a massive 10 feet wingspan and can fly incredibly fast. Its head and neck lie between its shoulders rather than above. And all reports describe glowing red eyes. The origin of the Mothman, however, is less agreed upon. Many believe the creature is some kind of mutated animal. This theory is largely based on the fact that Mothman is seen around the munitions plant near Point Pleasant, which still houses toxic materials. Others believe Mothman is from beyond the stars and extraterrestrial. During the Mothman mania years, which are from 1966 to 1967, there was an influx of UFO sightings, perhaps directly related or just a side effect of the paranoia from Mothman there are also those who believe Mothman is a demonic or angelic entity. Skeptics argue that Mothman is actually a mistaken bird, either an owl, due to its large eyes, which will shine red under light, or the sandhill crane, a bird with a large wingspan and a red streak across its face. However, sandhill cranes are not West Virginia natives. As the theories piled in, the Mothman investigations came to an abrupt stop, nearly one year after the first sighting. On December 15th, 1967, tragedy would strike at Point Pleasant. The Silver Bridge, built in 1928, connected Point Pleasant to Gallipolis, Ohio, and was used by many to commute from town to town. On this fateful day, the bridge collapsed, resulting in the deaths of 46 people making this event one of the worst bridge disasters in American history. So where does Mothman tie in? Before the bridge collapse, a journalist specializing in UFOs named John Keel came to Point Pleasant to investigate the sightings of Mothman. It was during this time that he wrote his book, The Mothman Prophecies, in which he details his studies of the sightings. Keel concludes in this book that sightings of UFOs and creatures like Mothman are interdimensional rather than extraterrestrial. In layman's terms, Keel believes that these sightings are visions from a parallel dimension. Nonetheless, in his book, Keel connects the Mothman sightings to the collapse of the Silver Bridge. It's important to note that Mothman is not thought to be directly responsible for the collapse, but instead is thought of as some kind of ill messenger, a symbol of doom. After this event, sightings of Mothman have become incredibly rare. The legacy of Mothman runs deep into West Virginia's roots. Mothman's home, Point Pleasant, has a statue commemorating the monster. Every year, the town hosts the Mothman Festival, which draws in many tourists to partake in the Winged Terror's festivities. Mothman has even been on the big screen. John Keel's book, The Mothman Prophecies, was adapted into a motion picture in the year 2002. Further cementing, Mothman is one of America's iconic cryptids. Now that you know the history of Mothman, we can resume Brian's story and witness its dramatic finale. In the days after that fateful night on the road, Brian tried to play off the whole event as a joke, but there was no third date for him and Nancy. He threw himself back into his studies, but had a difficult time staying focused. He began having feverish nightmares. At first, he only dreamed about the vision he had seen initially, the courthouse, at three in the afternoon, an explosion. But as time went on, the nightmares became daydreams. The vision became wildly vivid. He saw the twisted expressions of the 49 victims. Their painful screams echoed in his ears. Ash rose up into the dark clouds. Brian tried to manage his hallucinations, but they became too much to bear. He dropped out of college, quit his job, became secluded in his apartment. Four months had now passed since his encounter. Brian sat in his living room, staring at the clock. He rubbed his unkept stubble as he faded in and out of consciousness. He suffered from insomnia for a while now, and couldn't remember the last time he had slept through the whole night. He watched the clock on the wall, tick, 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 until it struck 3 p.m. The ringing of the clock shook the house, and Brian covered his ears.
2: No, no, go away. Get get out of my head.
0: He snapped awake. He looked at the clock. Its batteries had long gone out. It was the doorbell ringing. He crept towards the door and barely cracked it
2: open. Who is it?
1: Um, Brian? Hey, it's me, Nancy.
2: Nancy? Why, what are you doing here?
1: Well, I wanted to see you. I haven't seen you since, um, well, to be frank, I'm worried about you, Brian.
0: Brian hesitated, but found the courage to open the door. He slouched in embarrassment at his appearance. Nancy did her best not to make a face. The two sat across from each other in the living room. Nancy upright and Brian huddled in his chair. So,
2: how's school?
1: Well, um, it's good. But I heard you dropped out.
2: Yeah, it, uh, it wasn't for me.
1: Brian.
0: Brian darted his eyes away, not wanting to make eye contact.
1: Come on, Brian, what's going on? I know something happened. And I know we haven't seen each other, but I do care about you. I just want to help you.
0: Brian shifted his whole body away from Nancy. He stared blankly at
2: the wall. You think I'm crazy. You were there, but you didn't see it.
1: Uh, uh, Brian, there was nothing there.
2: No, you just didn't see it. You don't know what I saw or what I'm still seeing.
1: Well, have you told anyone?
2: Who could I? Who, Who would believe me? I'd be committed if I said anything about what's going to happen.
1: What's going to happen? Come on, what do you mean?
2: I thought they were nightmares. That I was haunted by some wicked force. But now... Now I understand.
0: Brian slowly
2: turned towards Nancy.
0: She leaned back in discomfort. His eyes were red and teary.
2: I've been plagued with a premonition. I've been given the gift of foresight.
0: They both sat still for a moment, and there was a silence in the room. Nancy shook her head and walked to the door. Her eyes were stinging from the tears. As she opened the door, she turned towards Brian.
1: Oh, I don't know what's wrong with you. But please, Brian, get some help. And take care of yourself.
0: Brian's expression remained blank. He stared at her before slowly lurching upright. Nancy flinched with unease.
2: Nancy, it's one month away. Do not go to that courthouse.
0: It was the last time he saw Nancy. Brian didn't leave the house after that. Not until the day of. August 5th, 2.45 p.m. Brian sat on a bench across from the courthouse. He rocked back and forth as he stared intently at the building. There was a city council meeting in progress. Brian had read in the paper that they were discussing the idea of building a new recycling center. Just as Brian had foreseen, dark clouds began to roll in, and the town square began to clear out. He looked at his watch. 2.56 p.m. He swallowed hard. One Thunder boomed in the distance Two Another crash of thunder Closer now Brian held out his hand And immediately a raindrop fell onto it He had seen this day hundreds of times now He knew everything that was going to happen Brian sat unfazed by the storm and bated breath He looked down at his watch again Two-fifty-nine P.M. He flung his head up and fixated on the courthouse. His heart rate shot up. Brian's hands clamped hard. The bell house rang. 3 p.m. Brian's face scrunched up. His rocking slowed and slowed until he sat still. Then he grew cold from the rain. Nothing had happened. The courthouse was fine. Ryan wasn't sure what to feel. Relief, confusion, or disappointment. He carefully stood up before slicking his hair back. He looked down at his watch. 3.01 PM. He grinned ever so slightly as the weight of many months' paranoia faded away. He crossed the street, thinking with excitement of what the future could hold. He thought about what he'd say to Nancy. Maybe he could go back to college. His thoughts were interrupted by a familiar buzzing noise. Brian froze and looked up into the sky. The clouds were dark and heavy, but a flash of lightning illuminated a flying creature's silhouette. It looked down at Brian before disappearing into the storm. Brian stood frozen. He was so distracted He didn't even realize he was standing in the middle of the road. Neither did the tanker truck driver. When he saw Brian, he jerked the wheel but lost control. Thank you for listening to Have You Seen Me. I appreciate your continued viewership and support. I've now added a Q&A section to the episode's description, allowing you to partake in the mystery. On the next episode, we'll look deep into the outer reaches of the galaxy and the horrors that lie within. Until then, be on the lookout. You never know who's out there.